When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Wolfpacker Show. This is uh, Matt Carter, joined by Ethan McDowell, as we do a typical every Sunday post-game reflections edition of the Wolfpacker Show. Going to be looking back at uh, kind of a, um, I don't know, disappointing is the right word. We'll get really into it, but NC State's loss to Notre Dame, 45-24. But before we do that, just a few housekeeping items. Remember to, uh, wherever you download your podcast, wherever you're listening to it, uh, give us a favor. Uh, give us a nice uh, rating, a nice review. Helps us out. Everything in this world is ruled by algorithms now. And that's why we ask you every week to give us a nice review or rating. Yay! Same thing for uh, YouTube. Follow us on YouTube. Um, I uh, try to get rid of my email here. Um, follow us on YouTube at the Wolfpacker. The more followers we get, the better we are off. And that's the same, by the way, account for all of our social media accounts, the Wolfpacker. You can get that on Twitter. You can get that on Instagram. You can get that on Facebook. And it is in the YouTube. Uh, subscribe to our website. You know, last week we had a big uh, football recruiting commitment from a receiver football recruiting still active. Ethan has already gotten up with a uh, linebacker who officially visited this weekend. And, and if you read Ethan's story, seem seemed to be trending well for this particular player. So might as well uh, hop on board. I think we have a basketball recruit making a decision this week too as well. So have a couple of developments to follow. And last but not least, please uh, give a support to our sponsor, Rogue Shop. Dot com that's r o g as in girl u e s s n sam h as in ham o p as in paul.com they have all your natural cannabis product needs uh, these are safe legal natural products um, um, available to anybody who wants to purchase them they can help you out with some of your needs whether you're suffering from anxiety or pain related issues physical pain related issues or Maybe you're having trouble sleeping at night. Maybe you just uh, feel too stressed out. These the, the products might be able to help you. Try them and see if they can help. It's a husband and wife outfit, a small company. They have a chat feature on their website to help answer your questions and guide you to the right products. Uh, they're also on our message board. I know a few people have reached out to them via the message board as well. And occasionally they will run some promotions on the message board. So another reason for you to sign up to the website. So that said, Ethan, um, Sunday afternoon, it, it it should be about 24 hours since the game is over. It's not the case because the game took forever. Uh, Notre Dame 45, NC State 24. We're going to dive into the game quite a bit, but I figured we'd just start with a generic question. Day after impressions. What, what are your day after impressions, Ethan? Overall, after 
watching that game and watching how it progressed and how different it was pre and post weather delay. My main takeaway is I think it was just a little too early. I think it was too early in the schedule for NC State to play Notre Dame. The overall vibe I get from this team is, um, and Matt, you can push back on this if if you think I'm wrong here. Right. But um, last year, around like the first few weeks of the season, I felt like we had a pretty good handle on what NC State was and how they were as a team. Mm-hmm. This year, I don't think that's the case at all. I think this team has a lot of room to grow. Will they grow? That's completely up to them. It's completely up to the coaching staff and the players, and we have no way of knowing. But right now, this team it was not ready to play a top 10 team. They have talent, they have potential, but it wasn't on the level needed to, you know, upset, in my opinion, one of the best teams in the country in Notre Dame. Um, it's not a sky is falling type loss at all. Um, Notre Dame's really good and their defensive front looked great against NC state. Their, um, their DBs, you know, intercepted Armstrong three times with, um, making the most of the opportunities there. Sam Hartman was solid and, you know, the running game for Notre Dame was as advertised. Um, Audric Estime was ridiculous yesterday, but, um, you know, I thought they started, the start was really encouraging. They the team had to deal with a really weird weather delay and Notre Dame adjusted really well coming out of that. And that kind of helped, you know, decide things paired with that unfortunate run of turnovers at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. I kind of agree with you uh, that, um, that this is too early. I agree with you that it was too early to be playing in Notre Dame. What's weird is if you look back in 2020, the pandemic year, Ethan will probably remember this game. Um, and two states started with an emotional win over Wake Forest, close win over Sam Hartman and Wake Forest, 45-42. Uh, the next game was the game that was supposed to be the opener, and it was in Blacksburg, Virginia, and it was an ugly loss. It was a 40-something to teens-type score where Virginia Tech just demolished NC State. What did that NC State team go on to do? Where they won seven ACC games, uh, I think the next week, Devin Lee, the, the legacy of Devin Lee started because he led a, a, a two-minute drive for a last-second touchdown at Pitt, who was ranked at the time, to win the game. And then they beat Virginia with Brennan Armstrong at quarterback to start the game. Um, and then I think they beat Duke, and then the Devin Lee injury happened, and Bailey Hockman was able to finish the year. I think they were 8-3 uh, and three maybe, and – Seven and three, yeah, eight and three, and seven and three in the ACC handed Liberty its only loss of the the year. Twenty twenty one expectations are high. Everybody's kind of pointing to that week two game at Mississippi State. Kind of one of those. Uh, we're going to be real good this year. You got to win this type of win this game, and didn't didn't turn out well at all. Um, offense just could not click. I think they got a very late touchdown, but before that, it was 24 to 3. Before that late touchdown, it ended up being 24 to 10 final score, I think. Um, but Mississippi State had the opening, somewhat similar to this game. Opening cookoff was returned for a touchdown at Mississippi State. Again, Notre Dame, you had second, kind of that second kickoff where Notre Dame got the ball 
to start the possession and had an 80-yard touchdown run. Um, so that's kind of a cautionary tale, I'll, I'll say right off the bat. In 2021, NC State went on to be an onside kick away from Wake Forest to winning their division and playing for an ACC title. And in 2020, they won seven ACC games. So it it's not doomed, but I do think that this game provided some warning signs. You also, you look at UConn getting crushed by Georgia State and having a lot of trouble running the football against Georgia State after what they did against NC State in the opener. And so you start seeing there are clear things that this NC State football team needs to work on on both sides of the ball. As I wrote in my column, Ethan, now you got two weeks to get it right because you're gonna everybody's gonna get to play against VMI next week. Then you go to a Virginia team that poured it out and gave up two touchdowns in the last three minutes to James Madison to lose the game by one. It's just not a very good Virginia team. Granted, you're playing on the road, but you got two weeks to get it right, and there's a lot to get right. And I think that's where we can probably go to, Ethan. Is you know, let's go through the list. If you're looking at this game and you're looking at the Connecticut game also now with another game on top of it, what's got to get right? for? Because I agree with you. I think there's the potential to be a really nice football team here. But they got to get some things right. Where did the list start for you? I think number one for me is probably the explosive plays on defense. Um, against Notre Dame, they allowed – touchdown their Notre Dame's first three touchdown drives were three plays one play and three plays mm-hmm. so you know that's seven plays and 21 points like that that just can't happen and you know this defense it has the flashes of last year's dominance where um you know you have like a Davin Van or a Red Hebler getting in the backfield and just ca- causing just um chaos back there but then you know Sam Hartman completes a 10-yard pass to Chris Tyree or someone, and then three missed tackles turn it into a 60-yard gain. And that can't happen. That just can't happen. Um, the run fits. There's just, you know, people missing assignments. That Audric Estime run to open, you know, the post-weather delayed part of the game, um, Peyton Wilson said after the game it was a look that NC State, you know, wasn't prepared for. And Notre Dame came out in a new look, and, you know, the players weren't ready to handle that. Uh, and that comes with, I think, just a little more experience on the field. Um, but realistically, you know, your guys like, uh, I don't know, like Jalen Scott, Devon Betty, and all, all these experienced players, like they've played a lot of snaps. Yeah. In theory, they shouldn't be making these mistakes. So they, they need to, and the defense as a whole, it's not just on them or anything like that. The defense on them as a whole needs to shore up. It's run defense, especially, you know, back-to-back weeks with um, 70-plus yard runs. That's unacceptable for a Tony Gibson defense. I think he'd be the first one to say that. So I'm sure it's going to be a tough week in practice. I think um, it's going to be a bit of a gut check week. But uh, then uh, turnovers on offense, I think this is going to be a – Tough, uh, tough team to win with if you're turning the ball over three times a game. And not to mention, in addition to the three interceptions, they, they fumbled three times. They got all three of them back, but that was three more times the ball was on the ground and it could have 
Had and turnovers. I'll quickly add uh, Kevin Concepcion's pass, quick pass play should have been intercepted. The ball was just dropped by the and, defender. And there was probably a couple more Armstrong throws that could have been intercepted as well. So it was – there were sparks. There were sparks, I think, is the best way to put it in the offense, right? There was moments where you're like, oh, okay, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Like – um I don't know, all of Juice Vereen's receptions. Mm-hmm. He looked he looked great. He was getting open and playing well. Um, Bradley Rosner's touchdown was great. But um, on a game where you had zero rushing attack, Armstrong and Jordan Houston led the team with 26 yards apiece. That's not going to win many games. I think that it was ended up with 87 rushing yards total, 80-something rushing yards total, and that's just not going to get the job done. So got to figure out how to get a little more yards on the ground. That doesn't include Armstrong running the ball 19 times a game because that's not sustainable. Got to take better care of the ball, and um, defense has to limit those explosive plays. Yeah, I think that the deep, the most fixable thing, in my opinion, right now is the defensive explosive plays. And Agreed. I noted in, uh, I think it was quick hit, they gave up four plays of 40 or more yards against Notre Dame, another that was uh, 28, and another that was 35. So six plays accounted for over half of Notre Dame's total yards outfits. In the rest of the game, Notre Dame was averaging less than three yards per play. Yeah. But you can't you can't say, I mean, that, you know, you can't just say, oh, I'll take, it, take these out, and we did great because those plays happened. And when it's more than one, it's not like the Connecticut game where you're like, uh, if you take out the 71-yard run, it makes a huge difference on the running output. And it was just that one run. But you're talking about six plays of at least 28 yards. Four of them were over 40 yards. At that point, you say you can't take that out because that happened. But I think it's fixable. I I, you know, I, I think if you go back and look, I know if you go back and look at the UConn run, and I bet if you go back and look at some of those Notre Dame passes, I think there's one play where – Maybe I believe it might have been Devin Boykin. I could be wrong about that. I think he thought he had a play on the ball and sort of went for the ball and misjudged. And that opened up the seam for a run after the catch. Obviously, somebody lost the assignment on Tyree at the end of the first half. Uh, you know, clearly there were times where somebody lost to tight end on a little bootleg rollout type action, and that, that came back to haunt. Sometimes it was a good play by Notre Dame. I mean, I yeah. got to tip them. But last year, NC State gave up four plays of 40 or more yards all season in 13 games. And they had four in one game against Notre Dame, counting the 70-yard run against UConn. They already have given up more plays of 40 yards or more than they did all last season. And I think the defense can be really, really, really good just by taking care of that. And if they take care of that, then that makes NC State exponentially better uh, because it's going to take up time for the offense to fix their problems because their problems are a little bit more trickier to solve. Um, sometimes you are who you are on offense. And I will say, give Notre Dame credit. I think that they're really good defense. They bring a lot of exotic pressures. Uh, they really come after you. It's... Maybe we didn't give enough – I think we spent so much time talking about Sam Hartman, we didn't give enough credit to the fact that I don't care who you're playing, but you go back-to-back weeks without giving up one touchdown, that's actually really good. 
especially when one's a triple option team. I mean, you would think once somebody blew something, right, and and a big play happened. So um, that, I think, is going to take time, figuring out who your playmakers are and, and maybe that realization, okay, we got to rely on the freshman, Vereen and Concepcion. Um, maybe we examine the running back carries. I'm, like everybody else, curious why Michael Allen only got one K in this game and only four Ks in the opener. Um, I don't know if there's a health situation involved there or maybe they need to re-examine that rotation. Um, but I, I, to me, the number one thing starts with the defense and the big plays because that's just getting – Peyton Wilson said it best, getting every 11 players – all 11 players on the same page going in the right direction. And, you know, it's like – they're a defense that when you when they're getting teams behind the sticks and they play well on first down, really it's usually the end of the drive. If they keep a first down play pretty like neutralized, then that's pretty much it. You you get these t- teams in the obvious passing situations right now, and NC State's pass rush is good enough, and their cornerback coverage is good enough to um, you know halt drives right there, which was the number you brought up that Notre Dame was averaging so few yards per play. Otherwise. It's just that at some points these mental lapses um, are just, uh, you know, showing up in big ways when I think those mistakes last year either weren't happening or the experience of the guys around them was covering it up. Uh, Before we continue, we'll uh, take a brief moment to give another shout out to one of our sponsors, Game Time. Game Time is an awesome app that you can get and go to gametime.co. Uh, not .com, but dot .co, or you can get the app on your phone, which I have. It's like, yeah, there you go. The, G, the one that said the letter G. Um, it is an awesome app if you're looking for tickets. Not just NC State tickets, but any tickets. But listen, NC State is officially sold out for the rest of the season. No more tickets available through the ticket office of NC State. So if you want to go to an NC State football game, Use the game time app. I pulled up Raleigh Durham here. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to type in NC State football, and they got tickets. You can see them there. BMI, NC State, $20 plus. There's maybe some good deals for you. Um, right now, you can get tickets for 20 or 25 bucks. Best deal, 25 You can kind of see the view of where that might be. Cheapest is at $20. The best thing about game time is they guarantee it's cheapest price. And if you haven't gotten the app already and used it, like many of our uh, listeners have, um, hit the thing, get it now and use the promo code Wolfpack, which is all capital letters. You can get, you can grab those cheapest tickets for VMI for free because you get $20 off your purchase. So take advantage of that. Or it's not just football. If you want to go to the theater or catch a show or go to a concert, they got all that as well. So, Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Wolfpack, which is all capital letters, for $20 off your first purchase. Time to apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Wolfpack for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Ethan, we, we kind of talked quite a bit about what the, the negative there. It's not all negative. And I will point out, um, when the second string defensive line, by the way, in the game makes a huge play, Brandon Cleveland gets the sack 
strip sack for Sam Hartman, the second one NC State had in the game. Noah Potter, scoop, I almost thought for a second he might have a chance to scoop and score, but he cleanly scooped it up, makes the recovery. NC State got the ball in Notre Dame red zone 24-17, trailing 24-17. And that's two minutes to go in the third quarter. If NC State punches that in, um, they're tied probably going it because of Notre Dame, right, they, they had some quick strikes. But I draw that game would have been tied going into the fourth quarter of that game. And we're looking at this game tremendously differently. Um, what did you see that you take away saying, look, there's obviously a lot to work on, but as I said in my column, there's stuff to work with as well. What is What are your thoughts on what they are? what they've shown they can work with so far. I think you're muted. Sorry about that. Um, one of the things um, Coach Doran mentioned during his post game was how whenever NC State made a big play, Notre Dame kind of answered, or whenever they went on a scoring drive, Notre Dame answered. I thought the inverse was also kind of true, where whenever Notre Dame would make a big play for the first three quarters, NC State respond really, responded really well. Yeah. Um, whether that was, you know, the defense stepping up and getting a big three and out or the offense, uh, you know, starting to get some momentum going with a few big passing plays or stuff, stuff like that. So that was encouraging. The team did not, um, you know, shy away from the big stage. They didn't, you know – they weren't intimidated by the Notre Dame name or brand. They were there to play. And they competed for um, almost three four, full quarters, like you said, in a really, really close game before things unraveled. Offensively, I was encouraged by the pass blocking. I thought Armstrong's or the offensive line's protection for Armstrong against a really talented front was actually pretty solid for a lot of the game. They gave him a, some clean pockets. Um, I liked that... In the second half, or I should say post-rain delay, so last three quarters, there were quite a few sets where all the receivers were newcomers, whether that was transfers or freshmen. And I thought those were some of the better-performing wide receiver groups out there. Uh, Juice Vereen, I mean, he looked great. He was getting open consistently, uh, you know, making a little bit of plays after the catch too. He did have one fumble that he recovered, but um he should he showed a lot of potential out of that um you know flex wide position. And then KC led the team in receptions. I think there's a chance he could end up leading them for in receptions on the season. Uh, so he's gonna be a fixture in that starting lineup all year long and he has some really, really impressive ability. Um Rosner, good to see him get in the end zone as well as Dakari Collins. Those are two guys that I think their roles are going to steadily increase as the season goes along. And um, maybe one of them works their way into the starting lineup. Uh, defensively, like you said, the second string defensive line made some plays. Brandon Cleveland had um, the highest PFF grade on the team, I believe. and was just super disruptive as a pass rusher. And um, yeah, Noah, it was good to see Noah Potter make that play as well. Uh, Caden Fordham, I thought, impressed with his snaps. He uh, did really good in run protection, met some guys in holes, and didn't really get knocked back. And that was um, that was encouraging to see. And 
I, I posted a stat on um, on our message board earlier earlier today just about how the overwhelming majority of Sam Hartman's passing yards went to either slot receivers, running backs, or tight ends, uh, which is it's also a negative because NC mm-hmm. State had a real problem covering Notre Dame's tight ends. But the uh, in-man coverage, the cornerbacks really, really locked down. I, I think um, Aiden White and Shaheen Battle, you know, continued to show why they're consistently hyped up as two of the best cornerbacks in the ACC. Uh, special teams, Caden Newcaster had some good kicks, and then Jalen Coit had, was sure-handed, had a couple good returns as a kick retu- as a punt returner. And, yeah, I'd say that pretty much covers the encouraging things. And I just talked for a few minutes. So just, that should be reassuring that it's not all negative. It's not a complete disaster. If if this is the ceiling of the team, the team is in trouble, but I don't think they're even close to it. I don't think so either because I think there were a lot of uh, uh, incidents where NC State didn't take advantage of opportunities or shot, shot themselves in the foot. Um, and really right out of the gate. Uh, I, if you're looking for a positive, look at the first two drives on defense. The Notre Dame uh, offense always had the advantage on the opening drive of the game, and Notre Dame's first two drives had negative total yards. Quite frankly, they were forcing it to recover a fumble on a strip sack, in which Davin Van gets credit for it, but Van wasn't there, Red Hibbler was. I mean, they had two guys there that were going to strip. Um, Sam Hartman, and the next drive, they Notre Dame got zero yards. Uh, both times, NC State got, got the ball at midfield on the first one, and maybe they're on 40 on, the, on the, the second. And that was a missed opportunity. But the positive is that defense created that opportunity uh, against that offense. And as Ethan said, the, the wherewithal to come back, um, make it 24-17, get the strip sack, have that opportunity. Um, you have to get Notre Dame some credit, but I think NC, and and, I, and to be fair, NC State's first touchdown drive was greatly aided by lack of discipline from Notre Dame, where they very uncharacteristically had three penalties of either 15 yards or half the distance to the goal line. Um, and I think Notre Dame played some really tough defense after the turnover in the red zone, but NC State also had a false start penalty. It pushed them back five yards into a first and 15 at the outset of that drive. They also missed a field goal. 24-20 is a lot different than 24-17. And Bradley Norbertson would be the first to tell you uh, that an ACC kicker shouldn't be missing a 34-yard or whatever. I believe it's 34-yard field goal. Um, so one of the interceptions got to be caught. Kevin Concepcion has to make that grab. Uh, and bounced off his hands and and it got picked off to deflect him. Again, self-inflected wounds. And uh, you clean that up. And the defense, we'll, we'll let Dave Dorn probably tell us, on, or maybe Tony Gibson this week can explain you know, how much of that was well executed by Notre Dame, like maybe the run, and how much of that was avoidable missed assignments by the defense. But... Uh, I think the the fact we're talking about all of these uh, mistakes, they're avoidable is actually a good thing, right? Uh, it just shows yeah. you that this is not a – you get Notre Dame's a better team than NC State. They're going to line up and they would beat NC State unless NC State played exceptionally well in that game. 
but this isn't a case where NC State just getting lined up and overwhelmed and beaten. Beaten. I mean, talking to the Notre Dame beat writers during the rain delay, uh, they were very impressed with the NC State defense and how swarm with with the way that you a lot. So, um, I think we're both in agreement that this is this is it. it, it they're all one and signs. But they're also, it's not all bleak. And the warning signs are maybe a little bit heightened because there is a sense of this team can be good. Uh, and you're hoping that they can reach that potential. So, um, Ethan, let me ask you this. What are your thoughts? You've had a couple of weeks. Um, after seeing a couple of weeks of games or what you could see in these couple of weeks of games, um, but your thoughts about it, and after seeing NC State the first two weeks, we all had them one and one at this point in the year. Uh, last I checked, nobody predicted NC State to go undefeated and win the college football playoff. So I'm not sure expectations in that regard are, have changed. But um, has anything changed with the way you're looking at the rest of the, the year based on what you've seen out of these two early games and what you've seen elsewhere versus, say, Miami off to a nice start? Um, any perspective about that? You know, I think what we've seen pretty much matches up with what I expected when we were talking about this over the summer or in the spring. I think during fall camp, I bought into the hype of this defense immediately just coming out and being as good as last year. And that had me thinking, oh, this is a 9-10 win team. Um, Now I'm probably more in the eight, nine win, win range. I think this is still a good team, but now I'd say the floor is probably a little lower than I originally anticipated. And the ceiling is about the same. I'd say that still that like, Hey, if they figure it out, this could still be a nine win team. It could also be a six win, a seven win team. Nice. So I think the, NC State's going to learn a lot about itself in the next couple of weeks. The, the the next two weeks are big, like looking inward weeks, right? Because they they'll, they'll beat VMI, and then you should beat Virginia on the road, and then it's a big home game against Louisville, a team that um, at that point could be flirting with the top twenty-five potentially, and then you launch. Yeah, yeah, and and then you launch into the. Uh, the rest of that schedule, and you and you pretty much have to be uh, humming after that mark, post Marshall. You you got to be ready to go. So, um, Doran pointed out a few times over the past week that uh, your biggest improvements often come between week one and week two. But then he said after the game that you know that just it didn't really happen this week. It has to happen over the next couple weeks. Instead, has to make those improvements, and uh, the schedule sets up pretty well for them too. And um, to build a little more confidence before, you know, the next gut check game. Yeah. As Ethan just basically took my premium column and made it free for everybody to enjoy. But that's exactly what I, I wrote. And I think Dave Doran's last question, his last answer was this, this uh, you know, I think he was asked about, you know, the fact that FCS team beat FBS team quite often and how do you keep guys focused this week? Mm-hmm. Um, I think his response was, uh, this week is going to be all about us. Um, and something to that effect. 
And I think that's what it is. These next two weeks is all about NC State finding its identity, finding its playmakers, uh, throwing up the, the weaknesses that can be fixed and putting itself in position, as, as you noted, for when Louisville comes to town, then Marshall, and then you're at Duke. Look, that game at Duke. I was the first to – I was the leader of the um, Duke skepticism bandwagon, and now I have to be – so I have to be the leader of that. Yeah, Duke has proved me wrong through two weeks. Um, Clemson's still Clemson, and they they put a second half holding on Charleston Southern. Um, Miami has looked really good. And it's first two games of the year. So, uh, you know, North Carolina, you, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, probably a little surprising that they, they need to double overtime to beat App State. But, um, yeah, the schedule's still tough. I don't know if it got, looks, and if anything, it looks a little tougher than it did maybe at the outset of the season. And it already look, we're looking pretty tough at the outset. So, so we'll see. Um, I, I think we're all in agreement. Look, they're going to crush VMI. This isn't a top 25 FCS team. Um, at least I don't think they are. I have to go back and look. But I'm pretty sure that they are like a, a, a sub-500 FCS team a year ago. They're going to crush them. And then, as you say, if we're talking about a nail-biter against Virginia in a couple of weeks, then it's time to be very, very worried. If we're talking about a team that handled business, and then we can um, start thinking about, okay, let's get back on the glass half full bandwagon here if we get as NC State gets ready to play Louisville on a Friday night. So, And by the way, I'm very excited about that Louisville game because I don't know about you, Ethan, I thought the pregame with the new video board and everything had the potential to look spectacularly awesome in a night setting. And that'll be our first chance to see that. So, um Kind of hope that they do handle business and they're three and one and it's a Friday night and you got a really electric atmosphere quite a friendly so that that can get fully played up with the light show from the lights and all that. So, uh, that'll be a lot of thought, uh, a lot of fun, I should say. Ethan, uh, let's do our game balls real quick and then we'll wrap this up. Who gets you a game ball for NC State? I'm gonna go, um, for the second consecutive week, I believe, with Peyton Wilson, um, 14 tackles. And um, had a couple touchdown saving ones too, where he chased down a guy and chasing down, you know, receivers or running backs that are um, faster than most linebackers, but not Peyton. And um, main reason I'm giving it to him was because of his post game um, comments afterwards. Uh, he had some really strong words for the defense, and um, he he he's just so clearly has a you know just. Um, a good leadership presence this year and is really leading that group. And um, it's encouraging to see because these losses can be, you know, they can be a pretty huge bummer, but um, Wilson offered a lot of good perspective in the post game. Um, You know, we wrote up his comments on the website if y'all want to check that out, but um, like how he played on the field, like how he led off of it. And um, he's playing at a all ACC level right now. I give an honorable mention to Davin Van for two sacks, one of which was a strip mm-hmm. sack. But I'm going to give mine to Juice Farine, making really kind of a, a debut of sorts. He wasn't a big factor in the UConn game. Four catches, 65 yards. And as Ethan said, probably the one guy who seemed to be getting open with space on his routes. 
and it wasn't a very, a lot of his catches were, were uncontested catches because he was open. And that was not the case so far a lot this season. It had not been the case unless somebody providing off coverage. You know, he was getting open 10 yards downfield. Um, so I, I thought that this, you know, you're right. Let's see if he gets an increased role coming off this game. He certainly wanted that. And aside from the fumble, not a, not a whole lot to, to dislike. But quite frankly, he had a couple more targets where he was open, but I think Armstrong overthrew him a little bit on a couple of those on, the, on those throws. So, um, very excited to see what he might be able to do forward. Um, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Wolfpacker Show. Check out uh, reflections on the Notre Dame loss. A reminder to give us a rating or a review on wherever you're listening to or download your podcast. And also, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of those at The Wolfpacker. And you can get Ethan on Twitter, Ethan M. McDowell on Twitter as well. And please sign up for the website. I got a feeling it could be a fun week, even though it's an FCS opponent. I'm just teasing, teasing that out there. It might be some good reason to be on the website this week um, and get that premium information. So, for Ethan, I'm Matt, and this has been the Wolfpacker Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.